Check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, March 14th. 11.01 a.m. Pacific. Thank you for listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Get, Pro Taper, and Maxis. Lots to talk about. Daytona's in the rearview mirror. We have seven rounds to go in the 2019 Monster Energy Supercross Series. Kenny Roxon and Marvin Muskan don't have a win yet. Cooper Webb has a ton of wins and is leading the points. I'm going to let that all soak in. 702-586-7857 if you have a call. Or if you have a question, call us, please. Let's talk some Supercross. Let's talk Daytona. Let's talk this weekend in Indianapolis. Let's uh, let's talk about MXGP if you want. Uh, whatever it is, uh, we can do it. It's uh, Chris Kiefer and Jason Thomas uh, on the on the uh, on the show today. So looking forward to that. And uh, and again, your calls at 702-586-7857. And fly racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. The new Formula Helmet. Out now, uh, absolutely love it, and uh, it's lighter. It's uh, got more protection. It's quieter. It's uh, it's everything. It's got it's cooler. Yeah, you name it, they've got it. Uh, FlyRacing.com formula helmet out now. Twenty nineteen and a half kinetic mesh. Baggett, Osborne, Brayton, Bogle, tons of guys debuted it this weekend at at, uh, at Daytona, and uh, I've got a couple sets myself, so it's looking very very nice. I appreciate those guys at Fly Racing. Pro Taper, ProTaper.com, bars from the 7 8 bar to the oversized bar to the crossbarless bar that was uh, designed and patented by uh, ProTaper back in 91 to the micro bar line now that the KGSC kids use. If you have a little one, he's got little hands, right? So a little hands uh, needs little bars and little throttle tubes and little grips. Micro line of bar. Please check it out, protaper.com. Uh, also to uh, Maxis Tires, MXST Tires out. Um, AJ Catanzaro running these in Supercross and qualifying for main events. I just did a podcast with uh, AJ Catanzaro, so check out the uh, Steve Mathis feed for that. Um, AJ's a really good guy, really smart guy, and uh, he's using Maxis each and every week out there. So please, if you, uh, if you need a set of tires and you're in the market for them and maybe you've passed over Maxis in the past, well, take, back, take another look. Developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, and Git. Get, get Antonio Caroli winning the opening round of the MXGP with Get. Uh, Barsha, Plessinger run Get as well. A lot of teams use Get uh, data loggers out there. Um, ECUs for two strokes, four strokes. The folks at Get have been a big part of our shows for a couple of years now, and uh, their sister company, Athena, has a ton of stuff as well. So get, get, uh, and, uh, and figure it out. So 702-586-7857. We have a few lines open. 702-586-PULP actually works as well. So I never say that. I should say that more. Kiss, 
Chris Kiefer, Jason Thomas going to come on. We're going to give away a Fly Racing F2 carbon helmet. Uh, great helmet. Not as good as the formula. Still a very good helmet. It has MIPS. Uh, they've, this is the helmet that everyone used for a long time for the folks at Fly Racing, so uh, absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, I'm Steve Mathis with me, by the way, taking your call, holding things down over there in the corner, coming in very late, just like Marks did on Monday. I can't help but feel this is some sort of Mormon conspiracy. Tits Legendary, what's Mormon, up? Mormon conspiracy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe you guys all got together and said, hey, let's start going in late. Well, just let Steve know not to take us for granted. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah like, that's it. What, what's going to happen if I don't come in? Jerk, <laughs> right, yeah. jerk off Mathis. Is that it? <laughs> right? Yes, jerk off Mathis. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. All right. What do you think of Daytona, bro? Um, I think Tomac made it boring. Uh, I really liked the layout this year. There's a lot less of those little 45-degree little turn things made it uh, a little less one-lined. But I really – my favorite thing about uh, Daytona, and it's just mostly in general, is they always have the really long straightaways. So you usually have guys that are battling for it, you know, going for that last – the finish line jump. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of my favorites. Do you think Tomac now goes on a run? No. (laughs) Okay, so this is not going to be it. All right. Got it. Um, all right, let's get Jason Thomas on the line, and uh, we're going to give away a fly, fly Racing F2 carbon uh, helmet today. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do that if you uh, if you are so inclined. First call, Tony. Let's get to Tony. Tony, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. What's going on? So i got a quick question about privateers and their success, but I want to just bounce something off you first. It's going to sound a little harsh. Okay. You do a lot for privateers. You do a lot for them. We all love them, especially in fantasy. They're a big number of picks. But when you strip all that away, would you agree to a certain point that privateers are kind of like they're the Washington generals to the Harlem Globetrotters, right? They're always going to lose. You know, Eli Tomac and the guys, the elite guys, they're the Globetrotters. Yeah. The privateers are, yeah, and they're always going to lose. Yep. They're the army when there's a battle. You send the army <laughs> and the other side wastes all their bullets, then you send the Marines in the oh, clean boy. It up. That's okay. what they do. Oh, boy. Okay. It's just it's been like that since the Civil War. Nowadays, you send in the army, they waste a bunch of ammunition, and then you send the drones in. It's just a fact. And so, I love a good privateer. Right. But my question is, when is the last time a privateer? And I don't mean someone like a, like a, you know, an Amart or something who was on a factory team when they were a kid or eighteen, then got bounced and then found a ride. Someone who was a true privateer up until like twenty or twenty-one, and then made it to a factory team. Has there ever been one successful guy? And I don't mean, you know, one guy who's made it. I mean, it there's, an, there's, an, there's an obvious one right now. Weston Pike. Who is it? Weston Pike. So he, but so let me ask you this, because my, my history of motocross is, is very limited. Okay. I'm a rookie. And so my question is, beyond him, though, is there anyone, like, what's the age at what you say, at what point do you put a flag in the ground and say, I'm not going to make it, and I am the I am ground fodder. I'm cannon fodder from here on out. I'm glad to race motocross because right. I want to drive a forklift. Okay. But at what point? At 20 years old, you have not been on a factory team. You just you know what? You know what? We have a perfect guy here on the line to uh, to help you answer this. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? How are you? Everything good? I'm good. Yeah, I okay. was uh, was listening to the question there. All right. So Tony wants to know, you know, what at what age is it over? You're not getting on a factory team. Uh, I don't know because people start at different ages. So Weston Pike didn't get good until he was probably 20. You know, he wasn't, mm-hmm. he, he worked into it. Uh, Heath Voss would be another guy that no, good one. Yep. Yep. That. Voss was a privateer for four or five years before he got a, a rod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there are, there are a few, there's there are a, there, a few it's, it's rare, but yes, but 
There are a few. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think? Do you think they ever say to themselves, "Look, I'm 23. You know, I'm, I'm just scratching, getting by. You know, I'm never gonna. Maybe someone falls off a bike, I get a ride for two races. But ultimately, this is as good as it's gonna get. Well, it depends on what. So dep- depends on what you like. Okay, like A Ray, Seven Deuce Deuce, Chisholm. Right? They are not factory riders, um, but they are probably making. I don't know. Fifty grand a year, JT. Sixty grand a year in base. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say what Hep's budget is. I bet it's less than that. Okay, but then they got the race winnings and everything else, and so you know they're scratching out a living, Tony, as a guy that has they don't have any expenses. They're full privateers, though. You know, um, yeah, the guys that are in the vans, Greco, Nagy. Those guys, yeah, they're not doing it. They're doing it for the love, man. They really are, you know. So um, <laughs> there are those guys, uh, but but there's so many different levels now of, of privateers. You know, Blos, uh, privateer guy on a privateer team, Lemay, privateer, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's still you, like here's the thing, and I know people always want to cry poor for privateers, and I am the first guy to yell about the purse money and it needs to be more and all of this. But JT, if you're a privateer. Like Chisholm or LeMay, you're making every main event. You're making $8,000 in purse money a week, uh, a year, a month. Sorry, a month. $8,000 a month in purse money. Now, you have expenses, but it ain't, you know, GoFundMe. Yeah, I think... Oh, that's uh, good, yeah, that's a, that's a good living. Sorry, JT. Yeah, that's a good living. I mean, if you can make that, that's really good. Well, and the, the tough part, though, is that it, it's overcome the first week of May. And then... The question becomes, how do I make money over the summer? And then right. that's probably the toughest part, which there are ways. Uh, I, you have to hustle for it, and you have to be willing to to go get it. Uh, but there there are fair races all over the place during the summer. You know, the Midwest, that's when these things fire off. Mm-hmm. During the summer, all these state fairs go on. Uh, motocross are a big part of those, and they pay money. Uh, I used to go to, to lots of those and make really good money. You could race three or four times in a weekend yeah. and make money every night. Yep. Um, you wow. know, in the fall is when I really struggle with some of these guys because there are a ton of races overseas to do and not just the big ones. I'm, I'm not talking about Bercy and Geneva because those are really difficult to get into. You have to be invited and it, it's, it's really tough to get start money and an invite to a race like that. But yeah. there are lesser races you all know, over the place yeah. that these guys just you know, turned down. Now that, now that you mention it, I was in Florida. I'm from New York. I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago and Barry Carson, is it, the older guy? Yep. He was, I think they were giving away $500 purses for, like, he, the guy was in, like, 42 classes. I mean, he, right. was, out, he was out there the whole time. <laughs> just clinked. And I, I, mean, yeah. I don't know anything about motocross. He walked by me, and I was like, hey, are you Gruy? He was like, no, I'm fucking Carson. <laughs> and walked yeah. I, uh, But he was making, making uh, a killing. Yeah. There you go, Tony. You got to hustle it, man. Thanks for the call. But for him, like, Appreciate for it. him he, right. he's old enough where he can ride a ton of classes. Yeah. But... And for me now, like for a guy like A-Ray, or there's, there's a bunch of guys in that category, lesser guys too, um, the guys that you were mentioning that are, are really struggling, there are small races all over the world that you can make money going to. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, you're not going to make ten grand. I get it. Finland, but you the can Finland make, race, right? Yeah, Stuff you like, can yeah. make 1000 You can make 1500 and you can go see the world, and you can stay on your dirt bike and get more experience and stay fresh for racing. I, trust me, there are lots of races that these guys – a, don't know about, and B, when they get asked, they say no. And I, I have promoters come up to me. They'll come to Supercrosses throughout the year, just right. random, to just to visit. And they'll come up to me because they know I used to do them and say, hey, what's the deal with guys now? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I don't know what you mean. 
And they're like, we ask these guys to go race all the time, and they tell us no. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, it's, it boggles me, too. I really don't I get it other than these guys just aren't willing to take a chance and, and I, maybe they just don't want to go travel. I, I don't know. The last year of Montreal Supercross, I've told this story a few times, I reached out to a rider that had nothing going on. Nothing. No team. No anything. I got him all expenses to Montreal, $1,000 start, and then like he's a top five guy, right? which Montreal paid pretty well. Yep. And, and he was just like, that's not enough. And I'm like, oh, you have you have other stuff going on? You have something going? I, I must have missed this, where you are turning down the ability to have a free trip to Montreal and probably make three grand. Like yeah. I just, I was blown away. I was just it's like, it's crazy to me. <laughs> I, you know, and, and there's so many ways to go about it. Uh, I used to try to work into it. If if they didn't want to pay me a lot, I'd say, okay, no problem. I understand. You know, you're you're hesitant to guarantee me money, no problem. But if I go there. I at least, you know, I want this amount for a podium and this amount to win. And it wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. Fucking like, you know, I would make maybe five grand in a weekend if I won everything, but it was at least worth going at that point. Like you set a goal for yourself. Yeah. And plus you, you build up a dynamic with these guys and these promoters all talk. And if they say, Hey, this guy came over, he was easy to work with. He rode really well and he got on the podium and he was nice and, and cooperative. They, that word spreads, and then you get more and more races, and your price goes up. And mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, man. It just it, it's crazy to me if you're not making any money racing, and you start turning down deals like that. I guess it's, I, everybody everybody ha- makes their own decisions, but just wasn't one I was willing to make. No, I'm with you. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, Dustin, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, can you hear me? Yep. What's up? Uh, I just had a question about Kenny. Uh, it just seems that he's starting to go downhill a little bit now. No, Daytona wasn't really his fault, but mm-hmm. uh, do you think it has anything to do with, with uh, Blake Savage getting hurt and it's finally starting to get in his head? Uh, you know what? Maybe. You'll, you'll never really know, right? That's his trainer and brother-in-law. Um, he had the flu before Detroit. Now, that, that takes a, a week out of you, you know, of, of uh, staying sharp, but he has not made the podium since Cooper Webb stole the win from him. In Dallas, um, yeah, and, and and when you combine that, but but then he was sick, and it's a, it's a, it's it's the dog days of Supercross season. JT, maybe all of that starting to add up. Yeah, you wonder uh, finally if the Blake thing is is bothering him, uh, subcon- even subconsciously, where it, it just takes the edge off of of your season a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean they were super close, right? And it's his brother-in-law, and there's just a lot of of things that would make it, you know, it, it just probably makes the season not quite as important too. You know, you yep, get yep. some perspective on life and uh, he's still riding really well. It's just things aren't really clicking, you know, whether it's a first turn crash or a bad start, he's just not quite as sharp as he was, yeah. as he was earlier in the year. And it's unfortunate, man. I mean, let's face it. There are things more important than winning dirt bike races. And, and he's seeing that firsthand with Blake. So, I, uh... I can't help but think it's not a coincidence that, like I said, since the win was taken away, he has not made the podium. Yeah, I got one more question. You know. uh, does he have a, a a new trainer he trains with now, or is he just kind of kind of doing it on his own? I ha- honestly, I haven't heard. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh. I, I think I would guess he's still in touch with Blake and still doing a program that you know he was doing before and everything else. So, so. Uh, All right. Thanks well, for the that's, call. That's what I was wanting. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and I think with Blake, it was more of having a training partner than anything yeah you know blake blake was was smart with training no doubt but kenny's been around the block too so it's not like he didn't know what to do right 
but half the challenge is getting is someone to be there to be like, okay, you know, this is my only job is to make you go do this, and we're going to go do it. You know, it's it's nice to have someone there to do it alongside with yeah. you. Uh, all right, we got a hurlings question. Oh my god, Jamie, what's up? What's your question about hurlings? <laughs> Don't be so sad, man. It's not I just a dumb I can't That's... I can't deal with this. I can't deal with people. I can't deal with him uh, and all of that. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, you have to get real technical with it. Uh, just real quick, uh, you know, I know it's premature. Sorry, Steve, but um, if 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 Jeff does come over, um, you know, you know, just just real quick, where do you put him at? And and with a with a cocky web, or not cocky web, but you know, web well rounded now, and I think that'd be good for our sport. I think it'll pick web speed up. And where do you put web in outdoors, with or without her? Uh, well, we talked about this last week. I put web, you know, right at the front. I don't know if he's going to win, but he'll be right there. I would put Hurlings right at the front. JT and Parabinos and Truman will start talking about 24-0 with Hurlings. They'll start Easy. jizzing, that's, that's, jizzing that's each other about out. Hurlings. I, I, no. But he, he, he can, he'll immediately be uh, 1A to Tomax 1B or 1B to Tomax 1A, whatever you want. Uh, yeah, and Jay- I, don't, I don't really see Jeff just, like, just dominating. Well, a lot of people do. Race. And Marvin, Marvin was close to him in the second moto. Tomac went down. I know uh, Jeff Hurley's had, what, two-and-a-half-second lap time faster in practice, no problem, like both practices. But and I still motos. think we can step up. Yeah, uh, but still, I, I still think he, we can step it up to the plate. And just one real quick question. I know Covington's different, but based on Covington being a top-five guy and a win threat in Europe for years, and he come over here, and I'm not saying he's scared of Supercross, but not doing real well, where do you put Hurlings and a normal GP guy in the big bike class in Supercross? Hurlings uh, and Supercross, JT. Uh, probably in the same position he's in right this second. Well, with a broken foot, right off gate. Yep. JT, that's pretty big. I can't believe. Ooh, maybe after a half season. But you saying right off gate he could win? He, a Super no, 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 no. Hurt. He's saying hurt. <laughs> hurt. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it would go well. Uh, oh, got you, got you. Okay. Yeah, he he came over to ride Supercross three, four years ago, and uh, it was you know sort of a test pro- pro- uh, project for like a week or something, and it was it did not go well from people I talked to that were there. Um, I mean, it's just hard, right? It's just, it's just hard. Yeah, it's but a totally different world. If he if he jumped in and tried to go fast and compete, he would probably hurt himself because he doesn't have the experience. He does, he has basically zero experience. Hey, if if he real quick, last thing, if Hurlings came over and rode outdoor, do you see him staying for a Supercross? No, no, no. no. I think he would okay. come. He would win the championship. If if he was 100 percent healthy and prepared, he would uh, win the championship go. and go home. Here we go. I, I think he would win. I'm not saying he would okay. win every moto. All right, okay. Yeah, you're, but I think you're he would win. There's so much man love for Hurlings over here. There's so much man love. Uh, Not for me. I was the one that was betting against them at, at Indiana, but right. I've since seen him ride a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks, all right. Steve. Sorry, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> you don't got to be sorry about it. It's, it's fine. Uh, Paul and Dan would be the ones that would say he would win yeah, you know, uh, 20 know. out of 24 motos at least. I know. I know. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, Steven, you got a question for JT about boots. Yes. So... If you're an entry-level rider, should you buy an entry-level boot because the boot seems to be softer, more forgiving, doesn't have as much support around the heel area going up the, the back of your leg, the calf? Or should everybody just buy a high-end boot because they're stiffer, stronger, and add more protection? Option B. Option B. Yep. Okay. Yep. There, there is no performance gain to buying a, an entry-level boot. There's there okay. the only reason the only reason you're buying an entry level boot is you don't ride very often or you ride in the backyard and you're looking for something budget minded 
performance-wise or any any of the other characteristics you named, uh, you want you want better protection than that. Okay, I just didn't know if you know a guy who, like you said, just light trail riding or something like that is is not riding hard enough to flex. No, and, I mean you still got the protection, flex a high right? Boot. No, you, you, I know what you're saying, but you still like you'll you could bottom out, you could hit a rock, you could put your foot yeah. out. Like there's all that stuff that could happen no matter what speed you're going, right? I mean, yeah. boots, um, boots so. are protecting you against what if and okay. any type of riding, you can hurt yourself. Um, t- for me, I, we trust me, we sell a ton of entry level boots, right? It, it's the easy sell. It's what most people come in because they they're asking questions just like you are now, and they look at the price tag and they're like, oh, sweet, okay. Uh, but just knowing what how they're built compared, you know how all boots are built, whether no matter what brand it is, um, price point for price point, there is a reason that boots are more expensive. You know, I, I don't necessarily think um, that the average person needs to go all the way up to the premium level, uh, but a, but a nice mid-level boot, whether it's an FR5 or a Tech Seven, uh, I think those are are much more than adequate to get the job done, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that there is a difference for sure. And just because you think you're an entry-level rider, you can still hurt yourself pretty bad. I mean, that's, I would say you have probably more, you know, entry-level riders have more chance of hurting themselves just because they don't have the experience and when things get dicey just yet. What else, Steven? Okay. Okay. Takeout moves. Yeah. We know, you know, Bowers got DQ'd. Why, you know, when me and my buddies get together and ride pit bikes, things get a little saucy. And we have a rule that if you hit the guy with the front tire, it's okay as long as you hit him behind the foot peg. That's a legit takeout move. Totally counts. You hit him in front of the foot peg, it's no good. All right. Why why can't we do something at Supercross? Why can't we just set a rule where anything with the front tire behind the foot peg is is legit anything in front of the foot peg and I would say off. that the rear I would say that is not legit by any means uh, well, what a, about like side, side contact because there's angles involved too it's not just front tire a lot of times you know mm-hmm. yeah um, and anything with the rear tire should be legit you hit anybody with only rear tire and you take them out but I, see, to me to me I, I see so much more of like handlebars hitting people and so, I don't know the front tire doesn't always hit them first. Yeah, but I mean we've seen in Supercross so many times where guys right. just harpoon the other guy with the front tire and yeah. launch him over the berm and oh yeah, take right. a tickle out or yeah, you know no, I think it's send Barsha send Barsha on a walk over the berm. Right. It's hard to I think if you set any kind of hard and fast rule where there's no common sense or logic able to be inserted, you're setting yourself up for trouble. There's, there's got to be uh, situational, um, you know, parts to it where you can review it and insert common sense into it and say, okay, well, what was intention? Um, I just, I don't like putting things in a box and saying, well, nope, this is the rule, and you know, I don't care about anything else. This is the rule, and you, bro- you know, I, yeah. I just, I, I think you're going to run into situations where that doesn't necessarily work. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. Thanks. All right. Uh, Tom, what's up, man? You want to talk about the uh, fly show this this Saturday? Yeah, Steve. Uh, um, my daughter's 18. She'll be going to college in the fall. She's super into Supercross this year. Started riding dirt bikes in the last year. Plays 
Pulp MX Fantasy beats my buddy and I. Uh, nice. Uh, so that's not that's not fair, but. Uh, so I'm taking her to her first Supercross at Indy. Nice. And hey, the first question is, are the pits outdoors? And then are you guys going to have the fly show there? Pits are outdoors. I just found this out last week. And we are having the fly show, according to Jason Thomas, which I also just found out. Um, because uh, it's going to be cold, right? Yeah, yep. it's going to be like 40. 40? Oh, that's not so bad. But uh, there will be a fly show. 5 o'clock uh, by the WPS Fly Hospitality. Myself yep. and uh, JT. I don't think there's Weege coming, so... Uh, we'll d- dig up Bradshaw or Osborne. Yeah, we'll have we'll have someone else there. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, come and on by, in man. In the pits, then. Yeah, it's in the that, pits. That, that, yep. That. Yep. Okay. Well, sweet. Well, we'll look forward to it. And like I say, she listens to your show with me for a few years and complained about it. And I think I finally beat her. Oh, nice. Uh, beat her down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a fan. Well, so. That's what happens. My wife also same thing. She, she my wife didn't like me much either, but I just kept talking all the time, and she started <laughs> like me. Um, so it, uh, f- five o'clock. We'll see you there, man. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, it should be. We'll be there if you're. If you're in the pits, it'll probably be on the east side of the pits where they put uh, a lot of the sponsor activation stuff. Um, I've okay. just heard people uh, at, at some races saying, yeah, I couldn't, it was hard to find or whatever. But usually all the, all the sponsor companies are all lumped together, and then the teams are opposite of them all lumped together. So if you're in the, the rider team areas, you're probably on the wrong side of the pits. It, there's nothing separating them. It's just they, they kind of separate the sponsor activation from the racing side. So. Cool. Thanks, Tom. Great. We'll, we'll hunt you down. Thanks. See ya. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. And also, too, a uh, live Pulp MX Racer X show. Uh, we're going to do New York, I think. Uh, just uh, We're going to work out the details. Stay tuned for that. But we are doing Denver and Vegas Friday night before the races. So please, if you're in town, 20 bucks. Tickets are like 20 bucks. They start at 20 bucks. And uh, come see us. Special guests, Kiefer, JT, Weech, myself. Uh, it'll be a fun time. So, um, yeah, check out pulpamex.com for more details on that or follow us on social or whatever. So those are always great. Uh, all right, JT, Indianapolis this weekend. You are not a fan of the track. I think it's uh, it's not my favorite layout. Um, we'll see how it plays out. You know, it's all on paper at this point anyway, or, or it's built now. I'm actually just arrived in Indy. But uh, when you look at it on paper, it looks – easy um there's there's a lot of flat straightaways and a lot of 90 degree turns which both of those aren't aren't great for passing or uh they don't usually set up for a a very exciting race um the one variable is there there are two whoop sections so maybe that that helps a bit Mm -hmm. wow they're just Uh, gonna get beat down though right they're just gonna get beat like soft yeah i mean when you look at it on paper it looks a lot like detroit Mm -hmm. but even easier the jumps are just really basic uh, I mean, you can you can put together the rhythm sections really easily without any thought at all. Uh, so I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I just don't want to see the start be the overwhelming decider, which it is to a point anyway. We always know that. But when guys just can't pass at all, uh, that's, that's not really good for anybody. Uh, the sand section. Look, Justin Brayton is one of the nicest guys ever and won't say <laughs> anything at all ever. Um, you know, he's a professional through and through. Yep. He took to Instagram to put <laughs> to talk yeah, about the sand section this weekend, so yeah, it's bad. So, what'd you say? I was surprised at that. He doesn't. Uh, no. he doesn't usually speak out negatively about anything. Right. So, what's your thoughts on that? I get it. Uh, when I walked the track in Atlanta, it was the first thing I said is, "Well, no one's passing here because it was just like a never-ending sand turn to mm-hmm. the right." Mm-hmm. Uh. And, and I understand it's frustrating for the riders. You basically just dr- you ride into a wall of sand in front of you. There's like a just 
a rooster tail of sand right. coming from the bike in front of you and you can't see. Um, yeah, you know, I think we know how at this point to make sand work. You know, at, at Tampa last year, it was amazing. Um, and, and it's pretty easy. You just put it and make sure it's in a straight line. Make sure it's not in a 180-degree turn, mm-hmm. and you're good. Um, so we'll see what they do with it. I, I, I'm sure that that wasn't lost on them. You know, these they have people paying attention to right. feedback and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that they, they make a change to it to not set up what everyone's uh, expecting. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, well, I guess we'll find out maybe tomorrow. But, um, yeah, it, it was it was interesting to see guys like Kyle Chisholm and Justin Brayton who aren't that outspoken right. speak out. Yeah. God, you must be, it must be bad when Justin Brayton's speaking out. That's, right. uh, that's, uh, that's, that was my thought. Uh, if it's me yelling and screaming, who cares? But it's Justin Brayton. Um, Spencer, what's up? Speaking of tracks, what's up, Spence? Um, yeah, I had a question about – we talk about tracks all the time. Who is ultimately responsible for track design? Do they – I mean, I know they come up with plans and all that stuff, but is it a Feld thing, Dirtworks? I think it's a Dirtworks thing, but they run everything through Feld. And then, as I've talked about earlier this year, there was a multi-hour phone call with Feld, Dirtworks, Dungey, Kennard, Nick Way, and Tim Ferry. And uh, they all went through every round of the track and, and gave ideas and talked about it. So that was the first that I've heard about uh, happening this year. So they've done that. But it, it is, JT, it's pretty – a lot of people have their hands in, in the track designs. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, the last I heard it was, you know, their core group. Uh, you know, I don't know how much Rich Winkler is still involved in that process, but uh, I think they try to knock these out over during the, the summer when they get their break and into the fall. Um, but you see a lot of the same rhythm sections over and over, and I, and I, get, I get it that that's inherently supercross, but... For me, I was super excited at the, the beginning of the year because I saw some some uh, some new stuff, some ingenuity, and and things that I wasn't expecting, which was great. But it seems like just at this point now, we're kind of falling into the same pattern. Where, you know, we had that Glendale type track like three times. Uh, this one's really close to Detroit. Uh, so yeah, I just I, I I'm not super creative with that stuff, so I don't think I could do a better job. I'm not saying that at all. But that would be the one ask is just keep it fresh, like be as creative as possible. And if, if you're struggling to come up with new ideas, then, then branch out. You know, I remember the one year in 2008, they asked all the riders to design one, you know, and I'm not saying that's the answer either, but, you know, get out there and talk to people and come up with new ideas. And there has to be a way to keep innovating this and, and moving it forward uh, versus just kind of doing the same three, five, three, you know, mm-hmm. triple, you know, 180 and whoops and and stuff. I don't think that has to be the way we go about it. Yeah. 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 It, it'll be interesting um, if things change in the future, you know, so for that. but And for the fans, for us watching every week, it gets a little old, especially those of us who watch all the time. I mean, I'm an off-road guy, so seeing the sand is cool, but sand corners, not so cool. Right. Um, what if they? But it, I had a I had a thought like JT. What do you? What if they? Like I know, the average fan or the or the, the walk up person who just wants to see crashes and and their their, their seven year old boy wants to see the the motorcycles go vroom vroom may not mm-hmm. like this. But what if you, like, radically went into a supercross track and made it tame, made it flat, uh, flatter, made it um you know some racier things like, like make it radically different. And see if the racing improves. I don't know if it would. I don't know if it would. I'm not saying, like, throw sand down, throw 
you know, some a mud pit like they used to do. Not don't have a triple. Have some make don't it do fast. Okay, well make it fast, right? Like I don't know, just something I thought about. See if that would work. Yeah, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with changing it up. You know, I don't think you know, the risk is some of it's not going to work, right? So yes. You have to be willing to accept that, yep, we tried it and that sorry I'm, guys, that just didn't work, but I'm, we're not going to yeah. We're not going to be scared to fail. I'm almost thinking of a Mickey Thompson type ish track. Uh, Remember and that's those? Exactly what I was thinking of too. Yes, yeah. you yeah. do. You do a Mickey Thompson ish track, and see how it goes. Maybe it's yeah. super lame, but I maybe think, it's awesome. Yeah, I think there there is a fear of it failing. Just that round not not working, you know. And and I don't think you can be scared to to fail. No, and I, I use the word fail, but I think to continue to get better, you have to be willing to take some chances sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. and that's the only way you're going to get better and that's the only way you're going to find what works is to you know maybe every once in a while we just get it wrong and guys i'm you know we're all sorry and mm-hmm. shoot well we won't do that again but we figured out it didn't work and yep. but you got to keep pushing the envelope yep. it's just how it has to go in, in all walks of life really yep spencer do you want a uh, fly racing f2 carbon helmet oh seriously yeah <laughs> hell yeah i like hell it. yeah the question was good i liked it uh and you were on hold for a while so uh all right stay on hold you win a Fly Racing F2 carbon helmet with MIPS. All right, man? Yeah, thank you. No problem. Holy crap. Yeah, see? I like that one. People are very appreciative of that, JT. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's what it's all about. Jonesy, what's up? You want to talk about Jason Anderson? Yeah, Jason, when's he coming back? Outdoors. He will, uh, he'll be back outdoors. So one thing about Jason that I think is going to get overlooked this year as he's coming off a title is how bad he rode up first. And uh, he's kind of getting a free pass shouldn't say free because he's hurt, but yeah. a free pass from his poor results in the beginning because we never got to see kind of how it shook yeah. out. I'm with you. I would have been interesting to see how it would have gone if he would have been in the mix, right? Um, yeah, I had somebody I had somebody close to him tell me, like, yeah, man, he, he just doesn't have any motivation. He won the title, and, that, and I'm just like, it blew me away. I'm just like, okay, all right, cool. I imagine outdoors will go well then too. I don't know. They, they were telling me like all the ob- he he was saying Jason was saying all the obligations were dragging him down, and this person was like, "Yeah, he he just had to do so much stuff, man." I'm just like, "Give me a his break! Pockets, Give me a pockets break!" Were really heavy too. So yeah, really exactly down. right. That's what it comes to. So thanks, Jonesy. Well, I Thank think uh, one one good way to remotivate someone is to not do well. That yeah, you know, it only takes a little while of of doing poorly to right. be like, man, this sucks. And then you know you get that I, that motivation to do well again. I was talking to another rider uh, this week, and he was telling me, you know, ah, oh, you you guys are so negative. The media is so negative, and why bother? And you guys are going to pr- print what you want. And I'm just like, I'm like, look, yeah, we can be negative, but there are neg- not everything is awesome. But we're you know. I said, show me a race report that just talks about the guys that, that lost and crashed. Show me that. Mm-hmm. Th- that. That doesn't happen. I go, and I told this guy, I'm like, look, you're a professional athlete. You get paid a lot of money to race your dirt bike. Um, there are going to be downsides to it. It is not that awesome of a life all the time. You're going to have to deal with uh, unfair press coverage. And this is a rider that doesn't put himself out there much on social. Mm-hmm. So I said, you're not telling people. Because he was telling me about uh, one race where he barely could ride. And none of us knew. And he, mm-hmm. you know, And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. But... You know, you didn't put that out there. None of us knew. And, you know, so now you're getting mad at the media because you didn't ride well because you were so hurt. 
I just, you know, I, the, the, yeah. the funny part to that is, though, they should, they should follow other sports a little bit. If they want to see <laughs> well, negativity in media, or they want to see them just getting, you know, tossed to the wolves. Yeah. Well, that's somebody else, at, sport. somebody else at the table said, you should see what Tom Brady has to put up with or any of these yeah. guys. You I know, mean, those guys get buried by the media if things don't go, don't go well. Right. Right. So, um, all right. Uh, before we let you go, get to Chris Kiefer. I feel like we barely talked to you about Indy, but Barsha's coming back. What do you expect? Uh, I think top 10. Yep. Um, you know, with the way the series is, people are hurt. Um, you know, we lost another one with Plessinger, which I think he is going to be replaced here soon. Um, yeah, I, I think top 10 is fair. I don't think he's going to come set the world on fire or anything, but, you know, if he could, if he stays on two wheels, I think something 7 to 10 is realistic. 702-586-7857. You got a question for uh, myself or uh, Chris Kiefer coming up here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, presented by Get, Pro Taper, and Maxis. All right, JT, so you're Bruce Sternstrom and Dan Fahey and whoever else at Monster. Uh, what do you do with Monster Energy Kawasaki for 2020? Ooh, that's, the, that's a tough question. Um, I think you have to have conversations with Adam first. Uh, you, first, you, sign, you re-sign Eli. You get, you get that locked up and done. That's, that's first. Then uh, I think your most important conversation is to go talk to, to Adam and if he wins this championship and what he really wants to do and what he's willing to do mm-hmm. because those, those might be two different things. I think they are, yep. Yep. Uh, and then you find out if, if it's a situation where he's moving up no matter what, you have to look at that because I would almost guarantee that someone like Honda would be willing to sign him if that's the case, right? So they, they can't take a chance on losing him. Uh, if they say, hey, you're staying down and that's that, maybe he and then you force his hand and maybe he goes elsewhere. So, Oh, I can't see uh, that. I just can't see that. My first priority would be Eli. My second priority would, get, would, to get, would be to get Adam signed in the, the best place possible. If I could, I would try to keep him down another year. Um, and I would either keep Joey or you know, put a very capable person on, it, on that Kawasaki next to Eli. And then, uh, yeah, I would bring I would bring uh, Adam up the following year. Yeah, because Joey's been great. He's been very good. I mean, Peyton, Peyton. He, he, I mean, Mitch is pretty plugged in, but he doesn't. You know, he's not the ultimate boss there. But he's just like, there's no way they do three bikes. There's yep. no way. So, Adam, I, I really think yep. if you, sorry, let me yep. cut you off. I really think if you kept Adam down another one more year, I think you have a real possibility of bringing him up ready to win in the 450 class. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think he is going to be if he stays healthy. Uh, he's really polishing his skill set right now and gaining confidence quickly. I think you would see him maybe dominate in the 2020 season and be a legit 450 contender coming into the mm-hmm. 2021 season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, all right, JT, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend. Five o'clock, everybody in the pits at the Indianapolis. So we'll do a live fly race in Pulpomex show. Uh, can't wait. Thanks for your time, bud. Okay, guys. Thank yeah. you. FlyRacing.com, ProTaper.com, Git, uh, GetData.it, and also uh, Maxis.com. Please check out all of our sponsors. And uh, next up on the show, from the high des, part of Kiefer Testing, Inc., and Pulp MX, Chris Kiefer. What's up, bud? Hey, how are you? I'm good. office day here in the lovely high des. Nice. Nice to to see that. So you went riding uh, this week with Carson Mumford, the next uh, Geico kid. He is coming back from injury. How, How does he look? Oh, he's good, man. It's uh, it's kind of demoralizing, you know, getting your ass kicked by a 17-year-old. But uh, it's it's uh, fun to watch him ride. It's fun how motivated he is. It's kind of 
cool to be around. And, uh, yeah, so we spent the last two days up here riding at his place, which was the old Alessi facility, and mm-hmm. uh, just because it rained so much. So it seems like every time it rains, everyone migrates up here. So, yeah, it's it's good. The whole program up there is really cool. He has a few different outdoor tracks, a couple of supercross tracks. Um, um, they cleaned up the whole property up really nice. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a, a puppy mill. Isn't that what what they called it back east? So yeah. Um, but it's just directly for him and his close buddies. So it's cool. um, what's his what's his game plan? When when's his when's he racing again? Uh, I was talking about that earlier. He's uh, going to finish out amateur this year, and then hopefully next year start um, on the Geico team for outdoors. So okay, 2020 outdoors is kind of right. like the goal. Jeez, I was talking to Jeff Myshak from Geico this weekend, and they got they got Schmoda coming. They got they got Jet Lawrence. They got Hunter. They got J Mart. RJ is is set. I don't know where they're going to find all this all this room. Yeah, I know they do have a lot of riders, but I think it's cool. Like we, you guys talk about that sometimes about amateurs. Too many amateurs. They got you know too many rides. Too much. Too soon. Yes. Yes. All but of that. It, it, but I I kind of like that some teams and and even Tony Alessi's doing this too. Is He's bringing up younger guys, and that gives a goal for families and riders, younger riders, to try to get on some teams like that, and it keeps our sport moving along, you know? No, I, I, I don't agree, but that's okay. It's another topic for another time. How about you just earn it? How about you just go ride and get your results, and then people will find you? Why do you need to be locked up into a four-year deal? Why do you? Oh, yeah, you, you know? still have those type of people, too, but there's only a few that get that ride, right? So Yeah, yeah well, go go faster. You get the ride. Um, hey, so... Um, A Ray was up with you. How was that? How was that situation? Now his bike was broken, so we had a two fifty F Suzuki. Uh, I didn't realize yeah, he was so a two fifty F guy, but <laughs> yeah. Well, last week I uh, he came up and dropped off his his bike. It blew up, and uh, so he hasn't had a bike, and he didn't have a bike all last week to practice on. Um, this week I don't think he has a bike, so I said, "Hey man, I got a two fifty Suzuki up here. You want to come ride? It's <laughs> uh-huh. wet. I know Supercross tracks are flooded, so." Yeah, he came up and went to Mumford's with me, and we rode the big outdoor track. And man, he uh, he hasn't ridden a two fifty in a while, dude. And it was stock, right? It's a bone stocker, with it, right? Oh yeah, bone yeah. stock, and it's just it's not the fastest bike, and not, not even the two fifty class is not even the fastest bike. Right. So, so at um, some point, he, you said that he was pretty much catching you or staying the same as you on a four fifty. Well, I said, hey, he's like, what are you doing today, Keith? I'm like, hey, we're going to do three twenties. So he's like, I'm in. So we okay. started. And, and you know how you, as a as a rider, you I race during during your motos. Okay, where's that guy? Where where am I at? How is you know? Am I moving up? Is he catching me? And Avery was the same fucking place every lap. And I'm like, how is he like staying the same as me? I'm on a bigger bike. There's big jumps. It's sandy. I'm like, he must be ripping. And then I, yep. as a few laps go on, I start seeing the chocolate lines going around these jumps and i'm like <laughs> that son of a bitch is skipping some jumps so that's the reason why but yeah i don't blame him man there was big jumps and he was uh he wasn't having it for jumping that 250 and i, I don't right. blame him right no yeah I, I don't really either right um so obviously cooper webb's a big big topic and leading the points and, and seven rounds to go what is it about that bike and you've been riding it this week that suits him do you think <sighs> there's a lot of things steve um oh, here we go as you as you know, I like I love a Yamaha, and mm-hmm. I like the suspension and the motor, but it's a lot of bike to handle. And I guess you don't really notice that until you get on to this KTM. So I think for Cooper, 
He's a smaller guy. The Yamaha was a handful. And, and from what I hear, a lot of riders on the factory Yamaha team detune that bike a lot so that it's more controlled. Mm-hmm. And I think the KTM's character, and no matter what you do to it, and I may or may not have ridden a factory KTM 450 at one point, that character stays the same no matter how much modification mm-hmm. they do to the engine. So you're not getting a ton of bottom end because the KTM character is so linear and broad and smooth, you're just getting added, added torque. So it makes the window um, to ride faster bigger. Okay. And I think riders such as Cooper can get away with pushing the bike more without getting that negative effect of being on the ground. So it allows you to push. It allows you to try things. It opens up the track for you. I just think there's a lot of good things about that that chassis and that engine character that really helps him. So you're on board with the bigger guys, not not, and it's not a hard and fast rule. But if you're a bigger guy, uh, height, weight, whatever, you're gonna be more comfy on the Yamaha. And that's not a hard and fast rule, but that's something you subscribe to. Well, I don't even know if I'm on board with that. I'm on oh. board with riders that like a lot of power down low, like bottom end. Yep. I think comfort. Just thinking like Tyler Bowers, I think he would like a Yamaha because he's a bigger, you know, not tall-wise, just big dude in general that can handle that power. Um, there's a lot of other guys that like to ride smooth and ride linear and stay higher up in the RPM, and Cooper's one of those riders. So I'm on board with guys that like to ride smoother. Mm-hmm. The KTM is excellent for that. Interesting. Um all right, hey, so Barsha's coming back this weekend. Speaking of Yamaha, uh, Barsha is coming back and had a concussion, you know, so pretty serious stuff. Um, what do you think he can do? I think it's going to take him a couple rounds. Yeah, um, I don't think he's going to be in. I don't think he's going to be in top five. Uh, I've had concussions. I'm sure you have too. It's just something that you have to work your way into. Um, I know the Yamaha personnel over there. They're really you know, trying hard to make these riders happy with the bike. Mm-hmm. And I know Barsha was one of the, the guys that was happier with his, his whole setup. So I don't see him setting the world on fire and podium or top five, but I, you know, I look for him like eight mm-hmm. and then working his way in, you know, the next couple of rounds and, and starting to find right. his feet again. I, uh, I wrote a column for MX vice should be out today, tonight uh, or tomorrow on Roxon, And I basically wrote in there, I don't cheer for riders really anymore since Tim Ferry re- uh, retired. I have guys, you know, like Osborne. Yeah. Wow. Well, I like Osborne. I like AC. They're like those are personal friends of mine, you know. But that I think are riders that will keep in touch after they're done racing or whatever. That, that's you know that guys like that. But I really don't cheer for guys. I cheer for stories. I cheer for um, cool things. I cheer for uh, good things happening to good people. That type of stuff. And I want Roxon to win. I want him to win. I'm I'm not gonna uh, say that you know. Uh, I'm unbiased that way. All that he's gone through, all he's going through now, uh, it's been 17 races, uh, two and a half years. He had uh, the first Triple Crown yanked from him in Anaheim by Webb. He had Dallas. Uh, Webb got him in Dallas. Was that Minneapolis or Dallas? That was Dallas, right? Yeah, uh, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Um, and, then, uh, and then Houston last year with Anderson. I want the guy to win. I really do. But? But what? I mean... <laughs> For me, like, I, I, I feel like you, other people, are just kind of like, oh, yeah. I kind of heard what you said about, you know, earlier with JT was, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's mentally not there since Cooper nipped him at the line, right? And 
Yeah, he hasn't podium since then. Yeah, yep. I kind of disagree. I feel like the things that have happened to him after that, like you said, he's had the flu, Daytona, he got jacked, um, a second corner. So I feel like he's riding really well, and I think this weekend will be a little bit different. I know some things happened over the week with this bike that he's he's much happier with, and and as you know as well as anybody, Roxon's always searching for something. He's always switching. I don't like that. Companies. I don't like that. And yeah. I, I don't like the fact that I heard his guy from Germany's been over. Dad's back in. Uh, you know. But here's the thing. With this, this, just like you say, they're delicate flowers. And yeah. they need what they need, right? So if Pops and suspension, Johnny's bump sticks from Germany comes <laughs> over, then if that helps them, right. um, so be it. So I'm Honda. I'm the big boss at Honda. And, you know, I get yeah, yeah. You know, presented with this, and hey, why not try it? So, this week was a was a positive week, I hear, and I think um, he gets pending a good start. I think he can win this weekend. Well, honestly, I think he's he, not mentally he's not mentally beat like everyone thinks he is. I don't know if he is or not. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying it's got to be weighing on him, and he hasn't made a podium since that web thing. Now he easily had a podium in Daytona. He had podium speed all day long and all of that. So, um, right. But I'm just, yeah, he, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's coincidence. Maybe it's just coincidence, then, Keeper. It's all a coincidence. Yeah, well, I, I think it's coincidence. And, you know, people don't see what's going on outside because obviously riders don't talk about anything, right? If right. you have the flu, yeah. we don't talk about it. Right. You know, something's going on, you don't talk about it. So It's like Fight Club. Being sick, being sick, being a rider, doing all the shit that they do during the week, training, riding, traveling, and it wears on you. You're we're half, over halfway in the series. Mm-hmm. So... I think this flu came at the wrong time, and now everyone's like, oh, Roxon's done. He's My, no one's good. saying that. Calm down. No one's saying Roxon's done. I'm just, Dude. you know, saying that Roxon's done. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I think, I think honestly, Indy, you guys are going to see a different guy. So, I hope so. Uh, hopefully yeah. he makes, makes, me, uh, makes me turn out to be a <laughs> Yeah, I hope so too, man. I absolutely do. I just get worried when I hear about all this stuff behind the scenes a little bit. You know, stop. You know what he needs to do, Kiefer? He needs to trust the process. That's what he needs to do. Oh, my God. He doesn't need to do that. Um, no one needs to do that. What is up with our buddy? We had him on the on the show this past Monday night. What is up with our buddy, the Seven Deuce Deuce? Like, what is going on here? Like, dude, he has Ooh. not been good. I told him that. He was good in Minneapolis, and that's about the only time he showed real spark. Does he need – okay, we had two things on Monday night. Does he need a red fender on the Suzuki – or does he need a Honda with yellow plastic and calling it a Suzuki? That's funny you say that because I asked him this question, Steve, away from anyone like, hey, come here, let's talk. <laughs> Not the track. Dude, is, is, is the bike the problem? And he straight up told me, and this is the honest to God truth, he's like, that's not the problem. Like, my bike's good. Like, right. So he's telling me that in confidence. So um, I, he says he's seen a mental coach. Like, he's doing these things, and I'm like, you just need to get better starts. He doesn't put himself in good positions. Mm-hmm. And he's always on like, – when he starts, he's fifth or sixth. He's never first or second. And that hurts you, you know. So uh, he needs to get a better start. He needs to stop worrying about, hey, this, this, and that. And you know how it is. Confidence is huge. So when you mm-hmm. have no confidence at all, you're just like, man, can I even beat this guy anymore? When you didn't think about that dude before. So, yeah. um yeah, fuck, man. He's uh, he's really edgy. He's super. He's not as friendly as he used to be. I'm gonna tell you that much right now. <laughs> not as many hugs. I mean, I have to ask for a hug. Usually, he's up in my grill hugging me. Right. But I'm like, hey, 
are we cool? Like, uh, yeah. what's going on? He's like, nah, man, we're good. And he comes over and like, you can tell it's weighing on him. So, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Man, I hope he, I hope he pulls one off here pretty soon. Uh, hey, how funny is it that Justin Hill, who, who, who's looked tired at times out there and hasn't done very well on the, uh, crazier track of the year, Daytona, he goes and, and rides very, very well, gets a seventh, you know, holds off Osborne for a long time. Kenny can't catch him late in the race. It is so Justin Hill that he had this great race at Daytona. Hey, that's that's the most puzzling guy I've ever. Even <laughs> yeah. seen. I have no idea. Like you asked me a question, I have no, I have nothing. I don't even know where to begin with that guy. Like, yeah. Only think I, only thing I could think about is Daytona, although rough um, and ruddy, it was actually kind of slow in mm-hmm. Daytona terms because you can kind of hop around and jump things. Yep. And, You're technical, right? You, know. you technical guy. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, let's go to uh, Dark Side. He's on one. Dark Side, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Hey, I got a fantasy question, but oh, Kiefer's out. Talking about Kiefer is out with fantasy questions. Yeah, <laughs> don't ask me. I'm not. Well, he might. Yeah, he won't be able to answer the question. But hey, you were just talking about Adam Seven Deuce Deuce. You know, last year he's making it in, but he's kind of just barely making it in, right? LCQs most of the time. Mm-hmm. So in this year, we've got four rookies, quote unquote, that are making it in. We didn't have Kenny or. Um, Barsha a lot of last year. So I mean, you got six, seven guys that top level guys that weren't there either. So yeah, but but dude, but Gardner, Carlin Gardner, and Champion, yeah. and I mean, he's on that level. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's guys that but, been into the main event that he's beat last year. Yeah, and, and or at least like seriously, it's been he has he's not even like in the mix. You know what I mean? Like it's not even like that's oh, true, yes. you, you know, he went down to the wire and had this great race, but didn't get in the main or whatever. It's been rough. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I just I hate it for him. Right. Um, okay, and so I hey, my fantasy Dave question for you. I watched, oh, ride and he, I watched Dave qualify and I watched him ride, and he looks really good. Like, he qualifies decent as B practice. He's yeah. always top one, two, three guy, and he just, yeah, I'm telling you, it starts. He needs starts. All right. Um, what's your fantasy question, Dark Side? Okay, I, Steve, I know nobody's really listening right now, so I need a super secret pick in each class because I've got to win my group, my league this year, this week. Um, well, Welton is out. By the way, he would he would have been my pick because uh, he he has not had a good time lately. But we just found out Welton is out, so that would have been my two fifty guy. But now I'll go uh, A Rod. He he got a ride with the Ty Lube team, I guess. Okay. So A Rod has some more better support and a better you know sort of infrastructure around him. So I will go with A Rod, and in four fifties, um, I, I I don't know. I'd have to look and see. Um, I didn't. No, nobody stood out to me like, as far as like you know. Like I liked the Starling last week, and I picked Starling, and, and he did really well. But and Blos, um, I don't know if Blos is going or not. But his handicap won't be that good because it was an eight last yeah. week, and now he made it. So yeah, I took him last week. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have anybody dark side for four fifties yet. Not yet. Just but I've, you know, text me. Uh, maybe I'll help. Okay. You. So. All right, all right. Appreciate it. You guys uh, finished up the show. Can't wait to listen. Thanks, Dark Side. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. uh, Chris Kiefer on the line. Um, hey, Chris, this week on my observations column, I uh, I talked to an insider in the pits and uh, uh, gave him anonymity. Anonymity. And um, is that still right? I don't think that's even right. Anonymity. Um, anyways, he was anonymous, okay? He was anonymous. Um, and he told me. That Sexton is going to be a 2020 Supercross champ, and Justin Cooper will be 2020 Outdoor champ. Thoughts on that? Mm. Uh, I could see the Cooper thing. Yep. Sure, outdoors, he's really good. And um, but as much as I love watching Chase ride, he is one of the most 
smoothest, yep. as, as smooth as Christian is, okay, Chase, Chase is just like that. Um, maybe even a little bit more calculated, but Chase, when he gets pushed, he has all these stupid mistakes. Like mentally, he needs to come a long way before he wins the championship, I feel. I think when he tries to push up to Forkner's level, he makes uh, um, bad mistakes. I mean, he even made the same mistake in the same area, I think two races ago, mm-hmm. almost went over a berm. And those things are just simple, simply because you're not mentally focusing on what's going on. So I don't know about next year for 2020. Maybe 2021 is what I'm saying. Is, is it because you have a guy on you? and you're more worried about where he's at and you can't focus on what you're doing, you're rattled a bit by, you know, you see a green fender or, or whatever behind you, and, and is that, as a racer, is that what it's doing? Or, you know, what, what do you mean well, by that more racer, specifically? Like, let's say he's behind Forkner, and, and he's inside of his head. He's going, man, I'm going fast. I should be catching him. And then you see Forkner inching away. So that forces you to ride differently than he's used to. And like I said, doesn't matter. Outdoors, mm-hmm. indoors, chase is calculated, he puts his bike in certain areas, and then you have these other guys that are inching away that just hammer, and then you have to adapt to that style, and sometimes that just doesn't fly. Okay, interesting. Uh, what else has been going on with you? What else are you testing? You just did a Tech 10 review up on com. the Tech 10 2.0 versions. Um, you liked them? They were better? Yeah, so they're better. Um, 1.0, when they first came out last summer, was horrible. I was like, oh, man, I'm really bummed. So I was trying to buy up all these old old Tech 10s because I love that boot so much. But um, when I did the, the initial impression, they told me, hey, we're going to revise some things. And they did. And it got a little bit softer and a little less rigid, so that helped. It's still a stiffer boot. You will have to get used to it. But, yeah, they're, they improved it some. Um, so, yeah, it's a good boot. Still doing a lot of... Honda CRF 450R testing for the average guy. That thing's a little rigid, so we're trying to figure that out. And uh, we just finished up doing a – we actually just put 25 hours. I shouldn't say we. I put 25 hours on that KTM. So mm-hmm. um only had that thing like three weeks, and there's only a shit ton of hours on that. Um, the, you did an article on PulpMX.com for the uh, RX models for Yamaha, and they're right. good. Yeah, it's really good. Yep. I think uh, is this going to be Yamaha? Is Yamaha actually going to get some market share? Do you think away from from the orange guys? Um, I do actually. I think uh, the WR that they have out is uh, is awesome, and uh, I think you will see a lot of of those guys trying to dual sport that bike, and uh, which you can do in certain states. California, you can't, but um, super fun bike to ride. It has all the same stuff as the YZ, so very cool. And then what's the other model they have? What's what's the difference with that? Oh, the YZ FX? Is it what you're saying? Yeah. Did I say RX? I yeah, mean, so I meant FX. FX. I meant FX. Yeah, so I, you probably thought it was an FX, but we did a WR, oh. which is more oh, yeah, yeah. off-road I should, oriented. I, should I know pay, you're pay not more attention. Guy, so. Well, I'm just trying to... I don't expect you to... I don't expect you to... <laughs> I just... I, you, you seem like you were very excited about them. I skimmed the article. You liked them. You thought they could take some market share away from KTM, and, and, and Blue Crew is, is, is aiming for it. So that's all. Yeah, no, they do. They, it's all you see usually on off-road. I mean, I know you don't see it, but there's a lot of orange, but I think more Yamaha <laughs> stuff's going to be in there pretty soon. Yeah, I, well, I have been to a GNCC, and it was a sea of orange. Absolutely. It was, it was amazing. Um, all right, buddy. Thank you for this. Appreciate it. Well, you, are we going to talk about your new gear at all before I get off this thing? Yeah. Yeah, 29, 2019-and-a-half kinetic mesh. I got two sets of it. Very excited. I can't wait to go riding. 
black and blue. Right. Yeah. You've got different colors now. You're not going to be in black all the time. Well, no, my other stuff was that teal stuff, the kinetic mesh yellow and teal. But but I feel like you now, I have three sets of kinetic mesh stuff to choose from. I have, yep. like, and I have uh, all pair of white Tech 7s. I have a white, white, red, and blue Tech 7s that will go with the blue kinetic mesh gear. Oh, man. Like, I, right. I can actually choose boots to outfit, you know? This is full your stuff. This is full Chris Kiefer. So, like, before we get off here, this, let me ask you a question. Does this, when you see this stuff in your living room or wherever it's at, does it make you want to go ride your bike? Yeah, it kind of does. Okay. That's yeah. all I want to say. Thank you. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, you will not be at Indianapolis this weekend, but you will be doing your daytime program. Call them from it. I will be. I'll be, I'll be watching, studying, and doing qualifying, but I'll be in Denver. We'll be in Denver. You'll be in Denver, the live show, April 1st. We have an announcement when you come up here on the Paul Mac Show. We have a very exciting announcement. Yeah, big announcement. Cool stuff. Cool stuff coming April 1st uh, when you're here in the studio. So, yeah, Chris Kiefer, uh, thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Thanks. Thanks. Fly Racing Motor 60 Show presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxis. Thanks to JT. Thanks to Chris Kiefer. Thanks to you people for listening. Tits. Yo. Great job today. Yeah. Bringing the heat. As always, coming As with, always. with the hot takes. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. We'll see you next Thursday.